0: Punky Power, an unofficial Punky Brewster podcast. How's everyone doing today? The sun is out. It's fifty-something degrees. I went for a very short walk because that's all I can do anymore. It seems like, and it was it was pretty decent. Um, real quick before we get into today's episode, for those of you that have been asking about my dad, um, I went and saw him Sunday. My uh, As I had mentioned before, my niece had her open house because she graduated high school. And it was kind of a combined party with that and my dad's birthday slash retirement. Um, I heard from Pam, who is my dad's uh, significant other, that um, before, I believe, I did say that they were going to try to do surgery. Turns out surgery is not an option because his lungs are still weak. So they are going to go to U of M in Ann Arbor, University of Michigan, and they are going to do, I believe they're going to do radiation and hopefully kill. Cause he's in stage one right now with, with the cancer in his lung and everything. So, um, just praying for the best. Unfortunately, He is in a lot of pain right now, and they don't know why it doesn't have anything to do with the cancer in his lung. And so, they're hoping that these doctors at U of M, who are supposed to be the most world-renowned doctors out there, will be able to help and be able to get him better. Because, I mean, everyone, like, Pam and everyone was saying, like, now when you see your dad, don't be shocked by you know, how he looks and everything, and the thing is, when I saw my dad, I mean, his face didn't look gaunt or anything, I mean, it looked like maybe he had lost a little bit of um, the belly that he had, but then again, he was wearing a really baggy um, uh, pullover, one of those fleece pullovers, so I I don't know, but um, it's not good definitely not good, but at least we got a little bit of good news that uh, the doctors at U of M have decided to look at him, and I just keep praying every night that these doctors will be able to help him and get him the care that he needs. That finally, instead of constantly feeling like we keep hitting these dead ends, maybe we can finally get to the bottom of this. So, um... I just wanted to give you guys an update because I know some of you have been asking and I just want to keep you guys informed. And I want to also thank you again, for those of you out there that do pray that, you know, you're praying for my dad. And that means the world to me guys so much. I love this podcast. I love that I've been able to reach out and connect with you, my listeners. And I, this is sad that, you know, this podcast is going to be ending at the end of this month, so, um, but I, I hope that you guys will stick with me when I do, um, all of Silver Spoons this September, so I'm excited to go on that journey with little Ricky Schroeder, so, all right, let's waste no time, let's jump right into Radio Days. Alright, Season 4, Episode 10, entitled Radio Days, which aired on May 10th, 1988. The IMDb description says, Punky, Cherry, and Margo perform a radio drama. And I believe I did mention that one of the Goobler brothers, Garth Goobler, in fact, is played by Wonder Years alumni, Jason Hervey. So... It's funny that season three, we got Allie Mills, who played Norma Arnold, Kevin Arnold's mother. Now we're getting older brother Wayne, played by Jason Hervey, who's playing Garth. This episode was actually directed by Mark Gass. So I'm curious if he has directed any other episodes of Punky Brewster. And it looks like he's just directed this one. Let's see, as far as writers go, we got David Duklin, who is the main writer, and then we have M- Mike Marmer, which I believe I brought his name up before. Oh, RIP, he did pass away in 2002, and IMDb, what are you doing? Um, He directed four episodes, including this one. He directed Help Wanted, or wrote Help Wanted, I'm sorry, also branded commercial and passed away at Punky's Place, and Radio Days, so... Alright, guys, let's get into this episode. I'm excited. Because radio dramas, in a way, are almost up there with, like, podcasting. Um, did any of you ever listen to, uh, the you know, the Twilight Zone? They had their radio dramas and stuff I think they put out on CDs in the early 2000s. And that was... I, um... Jeremy had gotten a couple of those when he worked at Hollywood Video, and I put them on the computer. So, I listen to them every October. There's, like, four different ones, and they're really, really well acted. Alright, so we come out of the intro. We're in Henry and Punky's apartment. Betty and Henry are playing cards. Betty's, like, kind of drumming her fingernails on the table. Like, Henry, are you going to throw down a card or what? Henry, Henry, like, gets ready, he pulls a card from his hand, gets ready to put it down, but Brandon, of course, barks at him, like, I don't know if you want to throw down that card, because in season four, it just, now, Brandon is full on human and dog form, you know, they react with him, they have conversations with Brandon, it's, it's almost like Brandon is another human counterpart. Now, we've seen it in season one. Brandon was mainly, he's just a dog, you know? They dress him up and stuff like that. But it's now it just seems like it's taken on another form completely. Like, basically, even, you know, him... Brandon and Henry's relationship is like, they have a lot of scenes together now where it's, you know, them kind of playing off one another like, hey, we have Brandon here, let's use this. I'm going to play this whole exchange with uh, Henry and Brandon over the cards in the card game. I think this is humorous. I'm not um, saying anything bad about how they're doing this with Brandon. I think it's really, really, I think it's funny. I think it's funny and it's cute. So well, Brandon is a member of the Warnemont Brewster family, and they treat him as such.
1: I throw a card or
2: not. <laughs> oh. How
3: about this one? <laughs> not that <bad> either. <laughs> Shit.
0: <laughs> so, of course, I bet Betty already had that winning hand, and no matter what Brandon would have picked for Henry to put down, she would have won regardless. Like, but, Jen, I won. Boom. It's like, no, no card that Henry would have laid down would have made a difference in his hand. And Brandon, of course, he leaves, because Henry's like, oh, way to go, Brandon. I probably could have won. No, you couldn't have, Henry. Um, So he he leaves to go into the kitchen. Punky and Cherry are working on the Civil War battles for school. Punky's kind of like, you know, Henry, he kind of gave it down a little. We're trying to work here. It's like, well, you could just as easily work in the kitchen. My goodness. Show yourself, Punky. Do these girls know about plagiarism? I mean, I'm I not saying they're doing everything word for word that's in that book. Because, remember, what episode? I'm trying to think. Was it? It was reading, yeah, read the season three, reading, writing, rock and roll, when she had to read that Tom Sawyer book or something. And she had plagiarized, pretty much. Like, she had uh, gotten that thing, that paper from um, Spud. And everything. So I'm sure she knows just to, um, write only just kind of, uh, work stuff, you know, take from the book, but write it on your own words. They know how to do that. They're in fifth grade. So Cherry comes up with a very interesting mnemonic device. She says, hey, I bet if we listen to Michael Jackson, that will help us remember Stonewall Jackson. It might. That's a, yeah, I heard a thing like if you're studying and you're listening to music and stuff like that that I think sometimes those triggers will kind of fire off in your brain as you're like taking your test like and you're thinking of like you're thinking of the song you listened to while you're studying and then all of a sudden it's like, "Oh yeah, this part of the song played when I was reading about this." Because I I swear, there's got to be, like, theories and even papers written about this type of stuff. So I'm going to play this clip as Cherry suggests to do this. Like, hey, turn on the music. Let's, uh, let's get down to studying.
3: changed our format, so instead of contemporary music, you're going to hear old-time radio.
2: Old-time radio? Old-time radio?
3: That's right, old-time radio. (laughs) For the next 90 minutes, you're going to hear The Shadow, The Lone Ranger, and Inner Sanctum. Fantastic! Do you know what this means?
1: Yeah, it means we're turning it off. Not
3: so fast! This means you'll be able to hear some of the Classic radio shows from the good old days when we were young they didn't have television when you were young they didn't have electricity <laughs> <laughs> uh, i was crazy about those old comedies my idol was Jack. Idea. <laughs> and boys and girls, don't forget to enter WHXY's annual radio show contest. The winners will get to perform their original script live on WHXY. The Imagination Station. Well, a great idea, girls. Think of the fun of writing and performing your own radio show. About as much fun as having your teeth drilled. <laughs>
1: And you don't even get to rinse
2: and spit.
1: <laughs> you know, Henry's right. But
2: once.
1: <laughs> Why don't you enter this contest?
3: No way. And here's the biggie, kids. The winner gets an exciting all-expense-paid trip to Disneyland. <laughs> I'll get
0: the pencils. I'll get the paper. Okay, well, they turn on the radio, and... Apparently there's a new format to the station. The announcer says we're going to do things a little different. Instead of playing contemporary music, we are going to be switching to the old radio dramas like The Lone Ranger and all these other things. And Henry, of course, he's thrilled. He grew up on that stuff. You know, Jack Benny and all that. And of course, I love how Betty is always like kind of nigg- you know um She's always kind of on Henry about his age because he's probably, what, maybe 20 years older than she is. So, of course, he's going to kind of rib on him about that. And, um, turns out there is a contest for... Writing your own radio drama, and the winner gets to actually perform that radio drama on the air, which is awesome. The girls don't take the bait. They are not interested. They actually compare it to having your teeth drilled. Like, oh, come on, girls. Really? I think that, okay, in my mind, <laughs> I would have been nerve wracked like, I can't do it, I got stage frighter. Oh, actually, I was going to mention, when I was um a sophomore or a junior, where was I? senior? No, a sophomore or junior year, um, I got to go on a trip to the WGRD radio station in Grand Rapids. Like, one of my teachers says, hey, um, we got an extra extra seat on the bus. Um, we're you know, taking a trip down there with some other kids. Do you want to come? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So, I mean, I didn't say hey or anything. Other kids, you know, were braver enough to like, hey, uh, DJs were like, hey, do you want to say hey? Shout out to your school and stuff. And some other kids took the bait. It's like, eh. I just, I thought it was cool. I really, really did. And even then, I mean, in nineteen ninety eight or ninety nine podcasting was not even a thing. I'd never even heard of it. I mean, if it was like I said, I'd never heard of it before. so um the girl you know, Betty agrees with Henry's like for once, I think Henry's right, you know, I think you girls would do a great job, and they're just not interested until they find out what the prize is as they go they're gonna head to their room and the announcer's like the first prize the grand prize is a trip to Disneyland all expenses paid and Punky and Cherry whirl around like oh I'll get the pen I'll get the paper okay now they're into it now that they get a trip to Disneyland I wonder if we'll ever hear about this trip if they went how it went all that stuff wasn't um, there's a radio drama about the world the world I thought that kind of caused because it was so real that it caused um a world uh, a panic amongst people that listened to it thinking that aliens had come had arrived to take over the earth There's actually kind of a joke like that um from the Simpsons season three episode called Radio Bart where he gets one of those um radio-type things that can, like, switch in to any radio in the house. And, of course, Bart does something like that. Like, oh, we just captured your president. He was delicious. He's pretending he's, like, one of the aliens. And you see Homer run by his bedroom with a shotgun until he realizes, oh, it's Bart messing around. (laughs) Of course he chokes Bart out. Oh, my gosh, you're playing with the gift I got you. (laughs) Oh, Homer. Homer. All right, now we're at the radio station. I want to read some of these things. W-H-X-Y, radio, on one side where the seats are. Then we see free, enter our old-time radio contra- contest. And win a free, I don't know, the girl is kind of blocking whatever the other word is. So we see quite a bit of people have gathered. Uh, looks like a mother and daughter And also the Goober Brothers, Goobler Brothers, that I guess win the prize every year. I think that's unfair. This secretary, I feel bad for her. She is, like, overwhelmed. There are so many people, kids, in that office. This one girl wants to be a star, and she hops up onto the secretary's desk to get right in the announcer's face. And, of course, um... You see Garth Goobler, who's played by Jason Hervey, Wayne Arnold from The Wonder Years. He's all enthusiastic, shaking the announcer's hand and everything, so... And now the announcer moves to the other side of the room, where we got, like, a lot of other people. Everyone's excited. If it weren't a trip to Disneyland, would there have been this big of an uh, a turnout? I don't think so. So this guy, actually, the radio host, probably looks familiar because he was the, um love connection type game show that betty went on he was the host for that so this guy is just really overwhelmed you know there's all these people here they're waiting to perform kids are running all over it's like can you please handle these children as he heads to the elevator it opens up punky and sherry and henry burst out henry of course has got an arm around the guy's shoulder and A hand, you know, shaking his hand, and the guy's just like, I gotta get out of here for a minute. I am, this is too much. I doubt that he thought that this contest was going to be big, but then think about it. You're offering a trip to Disney World. Yeah. I mean Disneyland, I'm sorry, not World.
3: attitude there. <laughs> uh, well, look, just fill those out and uh, have a parent or guardian sign them. You keep your radio play under five minutes and provide your own sound effects. Sound effects? Well, uh, for instance, uh, uncorking a bottle and pouring wine. <laughs> hey, you've got talent. Uh,
2: thank
3: you. Now the question is, do you our first prize will be given based on creativity and originality. <laughs> and from the way you're dressed, I'd say you're loaded with both. <laughs>
2: Go get them, girls. We sure will. We're pups.
0: That's it. Use enthusiasm. You're on your way. So the girls are like, yes, Disneyland is my life and I love how the guys like, oh, you have a real Mickey Mouse enthusiasm, you know, attitude there. Which, that's great. And he um, does kind of go over the rules, like it's got to be about five minutes long, you have to use your own sound effects, which Punky's like, sound effects? So the guy kind of demonstrates, like, okay, I'm opening a, a wine bottle, taking out the cork, pouring it, like, I I can't do it myself. Ooh. See, I can't do it. <laughs> so the girls are really impressed. You know, I kind of wish he had gone over the rules With, you know, just on air to give kids like, you know, and adults, whoever's going to be performing an idea of basically, uh, he says we're going to be focused on the creativity and the originality of these little um, radio skits that you come up with and stuff. That's how the prize is going to be dealt out is based on that. And he says, you know, by the way you're dressed, you guys look like you have both originality and just enthusiasm. So use that. The girls are excited. Henry's like, yes, keep that enthusiasm intact. Of course, we get Garth Goobler, who, of course, has Jason Hervey ever played a role that he isn't a jerk in? I mean, I don't know. Because he right away puts a damper on them. (laughs) Yeah, good luck, girls. And by that I mean not good luck. Like, we got this in the bag. So I'm going to play this clip of him, and you're going to see, yeah, this guy's a jerk. That little blonde-haired boy, whether it's his brother or cousin, I'm going to look I mean, the character's cousin, or it's got to be a brother because they both have the same last name. I want to see if he's been in anything. He might look familiar, like maybe I've seen him from something, but... So the only thing, and it's a heck of a stretch, that I would recognize a kid from would be The Wonder Years, the episode Fate, which is in season two, and that's a stretch because I do do the looking back on my Wonder Years and Wonder Years podcast, and I have covered that episode, I think it was sometime last year, and I don't, that would be a stretch, it, it, he just played some kid, probably a student in the hallway.
1: Peoria? (laughs) Better find out what second prize is, I've got Disneyland all wrapped up. Oh yeah? Says who? Uh, says me. And who are you? Garth Goobler. I've been winning radio contests since I could talk. You are related to
3: Gavin Goobler, the famous radio writer? Kind
2: of. He's father.
3: Kids, Gavin Goobler is a brilliant, creative genius.
2: Ah, oh, he's a has-been. Like, We're the Gooblers of tomorrow. <laughs>
1: script for this contest. You might as well go home.
2: You know you're the most conceited creep I've ever seen.
1: Wait till you see me in a couple of years. Come on, girls. Let's go. Oh, girls. Don't forget to give me your addresses. Why? So we can send you a postcard from Disneyland.
0: performing that day i guess it's just to get like a a form to fill out to sign up for the contest okay because you know the girls hadn't even been made aware of what the actual rules are like the limit the time limit you're allowed to perform your radio drama skit also that you have to use sound effects and all that good stuff so the girls are pumped henry is pumped they are so ready for this. Of course, you have Naysayer Garth Goobler and Grant Goobler who Garth Goobler makes his presence known and he's like, oh well, you know what? I hope you girls know what second place feels like because my brother and I were winning this contest. And the fact I've been doing these kind of contests for as long as I could talk. Since I could talk. And Punky's like, Excuse me? No. No, no, no. Who do you think you are, basically? He stands up to him. It's like, I'm not taking your garbage. I have just as right to enter this contest as you do, guy. And I have just as good a chance to win. And he comes up to her. Garth Goobler does. It's Jason Hervey. He towers over her like, Yeah. Yeah you're not going to win. It's Henry, when Henry asks like, "And who are you?" and Garth is like, "Garth Goobler, like, you haven't heard of me?" Like, no, he hasn't heard of you. But apparently Henry has heard of their father, who is really uh So, Henry's like, "Oh, you're related to Gavin Goobler, the famous radio um personality." And Garth just snaps his fingers. His brother, little brother, stands up and says, Yeah, he's a has-been. We are the Gooblers of tomorrow. Whatever, kid. Oh, he says, kind of, he's our father. Well, then you are, related, you little troll. And Henry's really talking up this Gavin Goobler like he's an amazing creative genius. And, of course, little Grant Goobler's like... He's a has been. We're the gooblers of tomorrow. Like, yeah, let's hear your daddy hear you call him a has been little boy. So Garth informs Punky, like, well, we've written a dynamite uh radio drama here, so you may as well just go home with your tail tucked between your legs because we're winning this. We got Disneyland in the bag. How funny that they're not threatening anyone else. So they only see Punky and Cherry as a threat to uh, them not winning first place, would be my guess. And Punky just looks at him like, you know that you are the most conceited creep I've ever seen. And she turns to go, and of course, little Grant Goobler, who's right around the same height as Punky, looks at her and says, hey, why don't you see me in a couple years? Like, go away, you gross little boy. So Henry kind of calls to Punky and Cherry. Cherry, who's already over there, she didn't even have anything to do with this. This is all Punky standing up to these two boys. As they go into the elevator, um, Garth Goobler asks, Hey, girls, what's your address? And they're like, well, why do you need our address? He's like, oh, because I want to send you a postcard from Disneyland. Ta-ta! Well, the girls are definitely fuming now, and they definitely have ammunition, like, to win this contest. Like, if we didn't want to win this contest that bad before, we want it doubly so now. Like, we have to win this contest. For all the other people that have been, that have lost these radio contests in the past to the Goobler Brothers. We have to beat them. Now we're back at the apartment. Punky is playing checkers with cookies. She's got chocolate chip cookies and Oreos. I guess is she's playing with Brandon. We've already seen her feed a couple Oreos to Brandon. I bet how much you want to bet that Punky would be really into the Oreos that come out now. Have you guys tried they came out last summer. They were the they're the firework Oreos that have the almost like they're like little pop rocks that are inside the cream that when you eat it you can feel like them popping in your mouth. I love them. Also, I really love the um The red hot, like, cinnamon Oreo, you know, the cream in the Oreos. Um, Also, one that I wish they would bring back, not just the s'mores ones, but these, like, blueberry pie ones were really good, too. So she's like, alright Brandon, your move. He grabs an Oreo and eats it, and she's like, you know what, no, we're not doing this. Forget your cookie idea, we're going with regular checkers. As she pours them, she closes the um, checkerboard to go and kind of slide the Oreos and cookies into... (laughs) <laughs> the cookie jar and some of them fall on the floor. And that's when Henry comes in, just kind of asking, you know, how are you feeling? Because he asks her, you know, why aren't you working on your radio show? And don't tell me that she's, like, thinking of not doing it just because of Goobler Brothers. you yeah, we win every contest. Well, not this time. So that has kind of gotten to her. She's like, why bother? Garth Goobler's going to win it anyway. Like, that's not... You can win! Don't let him put doubts in your mind, Punky. You are better than that. You are more confident. I know you are.
1: Why aren't you working on your radio
2: show? Why bother Garth Googler's going to gobble up the prize? <laughs> That's
3: <laughs> no attitude.
2: Henry, he was born with a pencil in his hand. I'm
3: Second best. Now, whenever anybody says they're better than you, you'll accept it. When it comes to being an astronaut, you're probably settled for being backup pilot.
0: So, Punky's thrown in the towel, basically. Why bother? They're going to win. I don't want to settle for second place. And Henry does use a little bit of reverse psychology on her. um, But before that, he's like, don't throw in the towel just because you think you're only going to get second place. You know, you're better than that. You know, when I ask you to do something, you come up with these elaborate stories and everything. And you're creative that way. She and she almost is surprised. Like, really, I, I am. It's like she can't she can't see that, but he can. Oh, <clears throat> and she's like, Garth Goobler's been doing these type, you know, radio contests and everything since he was in diapers, and she keeps bringing up the fact that his dad was like a big time writer for these things, so he's got experience and know how. And she's like, all I have is you. Well, wow, that's hurtful. <laughs> like, all I have is you, Henry. Like, come on, sweetie. Um. Anyway, you know, they're putting away some groceries, you know, stuff in the freezer. And he's kind of, he is using reverse psychology. Like, you know what? It's probably best that you don't enter this contest. I mean, why settle for second best, right? I mean, pff, these kids, like you said, they're professionals. They've been doing this for a long time. The odds are you're not going to get it. You're going to end up disappointed. And whenever everyone tries to challenge you, you're always going to back down because... You always feel like you're not going to win. So, and he does bring up the whole thing with the astronaut thing, too, which was awesome. So, he does finally get through to her. Like, you know what? Where's that typewriter? Shouldn't she be including Cherry in this as well? Or is it she's writing the story and then Cherry, and they do rope Margot into it as well. To uh, do all the sound effects and stuff like that. All right, now we're at the radio station again. These This older gentleman does not know how to control his child, and that other guy needs to control his child because they're running around. This girl's standing there, and these two boys that look to be about six or seven years old are running around her in circles. It's crazy. Henry's like, oh, we made it on time. They They haven't announced the winner yet. It's like... But they haven't performed it yet. Are they saying that, they're, oh, they're going to choose who's going to go, and then that one will be um, be able to perform or something like that. So Punky's like, oh, geez, if this were a pig out contest, Cherry would win because she's on her third box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> the elevator door opens, and the Goobler brothers appear with Mickey Mouse ears on their heads. So what, they went to Disneyland? Or is this from another trip? Alright, the announcer comes out and he is ready to announce the winners as everyone crowds around him. This poor man. <laughs> alright,
2: alright.
3: All right, all right, folks. Listen. We're ready to announce the winning play in the 14 to 11 year old category. This is it, girls.
1: I've got my fingers crossed. I've
2: got everything crossed. Okay. The winner in our radio playwriting contest is Punky.
3: it's a tie. The winner is Punky and the Googler. I mean mean Garth and Grant Googler and Punky Brewster and Cherry Johnson. (laughs) Now, tonight we'll broadcast both scripts and then we'll announce our final winner. I knew you could do it.
1: And we're going to pin your ears back. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Let's celebrate.
0: He's like, hey, girls, come on. Let's get in the elevator. Let's go home. We'll celebrate. And as Cherry is walking to the elevator, little Grant Goobler kicks her in the ankle. At first, I didn't see it, but I had to rewind it, because she's like, you little turd? Well, she didn't say turd, but still. I'm like, you jerk! You little brat! (laughs) Oh, slap them both. So they leave, and Garth and Grant are there, and... Grant is like, are you really worried that they could win? Because Punky and the Gooblers, they're, they're, both their radio dramas are tied, and the announcer said, we're going to have you both perform them, and then after that, we'll announce who's going to be the winner. And Garth is like, um, I actually Xeroxed a, p- a copy of their radio drama. It's actually quite good, as then. Grant's now like, "Oh great. So you think they have a shot at beating us?" And Goober or, <laughs> um Garth is like, "No. I I got a plan. Don't worry about it. We're going to fix them good. They are not going to win. Disneyland, here we come. Cuz they are wearing the Mickey Mouse. They don't deserve to wear those ears. Take them off." Walt well, Disney would be rolling over in his grave if he saw those boys. Those boys are the least deserving boys to wear those ears. How dare they. Take the ears off. You don't deserve them. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I've said my piece for now. All right, so Cheery, Punky, Betty, Henry... Margot and even Brandon are hanging out, getting ready to, they're going to be performing theirs, but they're going to listen to Garth and Grant Goobler's, which has to deal with baseball and I think a boy who's dying in the hospital and he wants a baseball sign. Or, this is just going based on memory. I probably would have watched this episode like 11 years ago, but it's still kind of foggy, but I want to play this clip.
3: show contest, battle it out for that trip to Disneyland. And now, listen with your minds as the Goober
2: Boys perform Hit One For Me, Babe. The stirring story of Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth? Is this about a candy bar? No, it's
1: baseball. In the hospital room alone lies in a bed as the door opens. Babe Ruth, the great baseball star, walks to the bed. Is that you, babe? <laughs> yeah, it's me, kid. I prayed you'd come. <laughs> Nothing could keep me away. Your mom told me that you're real sick, That I mean. center field, that one's for you. Now you do me a favor and get better fast. Got it?
2: Got it,
1: babe. <laughs> it's it. tense out here at Yankee Stadium, folks. Last of the night, score time. The crowd is waiting. The great Babe Ruth steps up to the plate.
3: finalists in ten short minutes in the meantime please listen to the charming sounds of this recreation of the 1906 San Francisco earthquake
1: <laughs> boy we're great Do you see the way everyone's <laughs> crying yeah Garth did I get well Nah, it died <laughs> God, we're absolutely sure we can't lose <laughs> how can we pretty hard for those girls to do a radio show without any sound effects. <laughs> oh, you're
2: scum guard. Thanks
0: a lot. So, as you heard in the clip, um the boys do a recreation of this is is this a true story about something that Babe Ruth did for a boy that was sick in the hospital? It sounds kind of like a trope, like something a baseball player would do for a fan who's dying in the hospital. And apparently, everybody it, it gets waterworks bawling their eyes out, you know, Punky, Cherry, Betty Henry, even Brandon, Margo, they're all upset, even the announcer is bawling his eyes out, like, oh my god, that was so moving, <laughs> and... So the announcer says, all right, we're going to be back with our second radio drama in about 10 minutes. And then Garth and Grant are like, hey, did we do all right? Did the boy die in the story? Did I make it? And Garth's like, no, he died. No, you died. Um, so this is what I don't get. They're going to sabotage... Punky and Cherry and Margot—they're gonna sabotage the radio drama with if they don't have the sound effects there, which they have in a box that says Brewster Johnson on it. Sound effects. Why would you have that in there already with them? My thought is keep that with you because they're gonna screw it up for them. They're gonna—I mean, yeah, those boys are not gonna play nice. They play dirty. They want that trip really, really bad. So the girls go in, and, of course, the sound effects box, everything they're going to use, is gone. So now, unfortunately, they have to improvise. So Margo screams right away, like, Oh my god, our sound effects are gone! Ah! And they're like, Oh my god, look! They're gonna be around here somewhere! And they're looking around. It's not in the room, girls. You would have seen it. It's a giant box with... A uh, construction paper sign on the front of it. It's not there. <sighs> Dang it, goobers, gooblers. The goobler brothers open the door. Like, oh, you got a problem here? What's up? Why are they still there? They need to be in the waiting room. Keep them away from the girls. At this point, they're just gonna basically rub it in the girls' face. Like, oh yeah, I see you don't have your sound effects. S- sucks to be you. Sorry. Yeah, the boys had taken this giant box because all the girls and Henry and Betty are all, all crying. But Brandon's face you <laughs> So Henry comes up with a great idea because Punky is about ready to give up. He says, all right, we got two minutes. Scrounge around, search, scavenger hunt, basically. We are going to find other things we can use as sound effects. There's a lot of stuff here. Punky and Cherry, you write a new script. The rest of us, we're going to find some stuff to use as sound effects. I kind of wonder what that other script would have been out of curiosity. I mean, I don't know, but it would have been cool. Would it have been as good as the one that they're going to pull off, though? Alright, let's hear the script that the girls came up with.
2: Okay, we're ready.
3: And now for our second presentation. The exciting tale of Gunga Din by Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not by Rudyard Kipling. It's not Gunga Din. And what is it? <laughs> A horror-filled ghost story. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
0: <laughs> so, I guess the one uh, dr- radio drama they were going to do was Gunga Din by uh, Kipling, who also did uh, The Jungle Book. And it turns out the, the girl's kind of waving here and it's like, no, no, we're not doing that anymore. We're doing the Haunted House of Horror Manor or something. And. I love how the girls, like, put on southern accents. That's just... And they made this up real quick on the fly. They got all the things that they would need to perform this. And they are right. They got first prize. They were original. And the thing is, even the announcer says to the gooblers who come right in after the girls complete their radio drama, like, sorry, guys, but theirs was original. Your Babe Ruth story was good. But then again, it's something that's probably been heard before, like it's an actual thing. These girls just, they made this up quick. They utilized a lot of sound effects that is just awesome. So they get first prize. The guy wastes no time like, oh, first prize, you get it? Like, yes! And of course, little Grant Goobler's like, that's it. Next year, I'm in charge because you don't know what you're doing. I love how Margot gives Garth Goobler a well-deserved smack to the back of the head that knocks his New York Yankees cap off. She smacks him on the back of the head with her purse. Well-deserved. So, Punky grabs the toilet seat cover that is actually a, um, a wooden toilet seat cover that she's got to return to the ladies' room. And that's pretty much the episode. I really thought this was fun. The girls were very creative. And, you know, Punky stood her ground. She was going to give up, but Henry said, no, I know you, and you are not one to give up lightly when it comes to things. So, yeah. Way to stick it out, Punky. It was well worth it. I'm sure everybody enjoyed that radio drama, and I hope you liked the the clip. I want to include the stories in there so you guys got to hear them. I want to give this one a 4 out of 5 Punky... I cannot talk. 4 out of 5 Brandon Tailwags. That's the episode rating. The 4 things I really enjoyed about this. I liked the whole thing in the beginning with... Um, the girls getting the idea by turning on the radio and the old radio time dramas and everything. Um, I liked, um, Punky standing up to Garth Goobler when he's like, oh, you may as well not even enter, we're gonna win it. I loved the girls being able to come up with a new script on the fly and come up with all the sound effects, even though they're about ready to give up. Henry chipped in there like, hey, we got two minutes. Let's gather whatever we can find and put together something. And I just, I loved just that they won the trip. I The announcer was so awesome. Even though he did say basically, you know, girls, you got like eight minutes. You got to have sound effects or otherwise you got to get the heck out of here. So, uh, Punky's Principles. Even if something feels like you think someone's going to be better than you at something, still, give it a shot. Don't back down. You never know. You put your all into everything, it's going to get noticed, even if you don't win. So the fact that you put in the hard work and everything, you didn't give up, that will show. All right, let's give a shout-out to some Punky Power listeners. We got Reno, Nevada, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, India, London, United Kingdom, Fredericton, Canada, Flippin' Arkansas, like that name, Graysonville, Maryland, and Mountain View, California. Now, let's talk what's going to, uh, the next episode, which is going to be on Thursday. On Thursday is Season 4, Episode 11, entitled, Aunt Larnice is Coming to Town, which aired on May 11th, 1988. Betty's sister Larnice, a world-famous singer, asked Cherry to come live with her in France why but hey at least we get to see the inside of cherry and betty's apartment i'm excited for that definitely all right everyone i look forward to being back here with you on thursday have a great tuesday afternoon enjoy the sun if you have the sun all right bye bye